They used to call me Holstack McQueen. <laughs> no one ever called me that. I called myself that. Welcome back to the Jojatorium. Once I think Pure Two, whenever uh, it was, we found the the German Scheiser porn. That's not a lot of each other. You're in twerk classes over there. That's yeah, what, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the fitness class. Working on them TikTok videos you like so much. Dead face. Got <laughs> <laughs> right in front of you. Welcome back to the Judge Tour. You know who it is. It's Adam. It's Matt. We're decaying with the boys, and we believe the other podcasts have hired bots to spread bad news about us too. Adam and I are so happy that we are going to participate in the live stream for The Cure. Scheduled to start on May 19th at 9 a.m. and running until May 21st at 12 a.m. Literally hundreds of podcasters and content creators are coming together for one of the largest podathons in the world. We are scheduled to take over this stream on May 20th from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. where We're going to attempt to make as much money as we possibly can for a worthy cause and hopefully hit the grand total of $20,000. And right now, if we hit $20,000, we have an organization that's going to match every single dollar we raise. So help us kick cancer in the dick by tuning in for this entire thing or just hang out with us and donate all your money. Bleed your savings out. Help us kill cancer. Because we only get to make a difference if you guys support this stream and you've supported us enough. So just send it towards cancer research because 88 cents on every dollar goes directly to that service. This isn't a pink shame thing. This is a legit research society that's going to take all that money and put it to good use. So thank you. Fuck cancer. That's right, buddy. Boom. See? Fuck cancer. Got my plug in at the end. So, Adam, before we get into anything else, man, we got to hit those Bash Brew Beer Fest dates. Yeah, we're going on tour, baby. Uh, so, uh, we still have the same ones from last week? I feel so much good. That's nice. <laughs> Is that going to open up my, my brew dates every week? I think it could. I feel so much good. We, we have production quality. We have a soundboard. Yeah, you, got a, you got a soundboard on your cell phone. Yeah. Here, we go. Here we come, big time. All right. <laughs> So first we have, on May 14th, we have Best Brunch Ever at the Hop Farm Brewery Warehouse. Then on June 4th, we are at Brews and Bruises at the Ross Draver Ice Garden in Belvern. On July 16th, we are doing the Brews and PA Homebrew Invitational, and that is also at the Hop Farm Brewing Warehouse. We, yeah. Havana Whiting. There you go. Then on August 13th, we are doing Barrel and Flow Fest. Uh, the stack at Three Crossing, and on October eighth, bring up a cure at the Energy Innovation Center. Wow, dude! That, those the last three there. there. More to come. Super awesome, especially Barrel and Flow Fest. Thank you for allowing us to be in that one, and then bring up a cure is one we always have fun at. So yeah, that's gonna be yeah. And both yeah. of them give money to yeah. good charitable causes. We have another charitable cause one coming up in August, but it just. Don't want to announce the date yet. Yeah. And, but right. though, when it happens, our social media, we blast oh, it yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. And then you guys know where to go to find us, okay? It's about, it's about two weeks after that Barrel Flow Fest. <laughs> or sandwiching about it in there. two weeks after. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's one we did last year. So just put all the context clues together and you can figure out what it is. Yeah. 
If you follow us, as you should. It might benefit the Shriners. (laughs) (laughs) We may or may not have won some. Yeah. I just keep forgetting to look up the date before we come on live. I know they haven't announced it, but I got texted what the date was going to be. Next week. Yeah. Next Next week week. we'll have the date. Yeah. And so far away. People have time to plan. End of August. So, like I said, welcome back to the Jojitorium. We have dates where you can come see us. We have charitable events that you guys can support by supporting us. And what we like to do here is put our rounds with beers. So it is round one. Adam, you brought some beers, put them together. It's round one beers. What we got? Synced up perfect. We have a nice big old stout from Hightower uh, Brewing Company in Rayland, Ohio. Nice. Uh, so Jer- you- Jerry McCourt's favorite yes. spot. Jerry J. McCourt's favorite spot. <laughs> uh, he, I'm He's... Well, I'm the biggest fan of him, I guess. I like, I'm his biggest fan. Yeah, and I believe that he is also your biggest fan too. Just the way he he supports the dude. He's he rocks. He's Art. my favorite uh, professional drinker yep. or a semi-professional. He plays in like the <laughs> I guess it would be the AA league. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, ooh. Anyway, so <laughs> go ahead and crack that open while All I right. tell you about it. It is a uh, like I said, a big ass stout um, coming in at 10 percent ABV. It was barrel aged in rye barrels and conditioned on pumpkins, vanilla. Oh, a blend of spices, and you literally just money shot at the side of my head with it. And I got it on my computer. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the nice thing about this is, ten percent of the can sales go to uh, go towards the benefit of Augusta Levi, Levi Learning Center. Nice. Keep Augusta talking Levi. or pouring or whatever, because I'll, I'll go get a rag. I'll try my best, and we'll just cut if I can well, stop putting things next to you. And I'll keep talking. Man, you shot that everywhere. I really. Did. And this beer was brought to us by our good friend Jason. Thank you, Jason. So if you want to know what's going on with Hightower, you do search them out on all social media. It's Hightower Brewing. And you can find them over in the great state of Ohio. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite breweries to come out of Ohio. Uh, their sour game is pretty tight, and I hear they have a good IPA game as well. Yes, they do. Yeah. One of my favorite things in general. One of my favorite things in general that came out of Ohio. Yeah. Man, I'm all. Yeah, we, we definitely got this everywhere. So I'm all tongues and lips today. I yeah. am stammering. <laughs> so go ahead and take a sip of that while. Oh, shit. Yeah, you gave yourself a lot there. Uh oh. Should I put that guy out there? Oh, baby. Yeah. For that being a Crowler film, it stayed well carbonated. And that is barrel aged. Oh, wow. That is a barrel. Yeah. But the vanilla is nice. The vanilla plays well with the rye. I don't, I get the pumpkin in like the mouth feel. Yeah. Ooh, the burn. The burn right at the end. Yeah, that's that rye, baby. That's that rye. That's definitely that barrel aged, baby. Rye whiskey, rye whiskey. Mm. Make Maddie frisky. That's really good. This is probably one of the best, better, best barrel aged beers I think I've had. Best, better, best. Best, better, best. Sure. All the bees. We're both. We're both stammering. We're on coffee it's highs a, right now. It's been a long week for both of us. We're trying to bring you the content you want, and that's why after this beer goes down, we'll be a lot smoother. Can't wait for the weekend. Yeah, likewise. And for you guys to hear this on Sunday, I'll be well rested by then. Hopefully, shit. Happy Easter, by the way. Everybody. Yeah, happy Easter from the Jojitorium. Yeah. So, speaking of uh, busy weeks, yeah, you 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 traveled a bit, huh? Don't yeah, I, about it? I left you again. <laughs> you did, but thankfully, I didn't have to write the show. Yeah, no, I came back just in time to spend uh, my my first moments at home, not kissing my wife, but writing the script for the show. <laughs> Sorry, kids. Daddy can't hug you right now. I'm busy. Yeah, I went to I went to Greensboro, North Carolina. Kenny Omega's not home state. Yeah, not his home state. And, of course, I went down there for a really important training. 
I really enjoyed my time down there with that. I got to network with a lot of really cool people, and it nice. wasn't for crypto. It was for legit training, so it was really yeah. nice. Yeah, mash tun cleaning training. Yep. Surprised it took multiple days, but yeah. you must have learned some good techniques. I did. So this this thing where you like to turn your hand backwards and go that way instead Ooh. of like trying to go underhand and try to go around so you can save your wrist. less uh, lessens the Less wrist torque. Carpal tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good, man. We'll put that to the test next weekend. Yeah. So, of course, I'm... When I'm down anywhere, I try to go to new breweries. So there were a couple here that were, you know, presented to me to be the premier Greensboro brewery. So I went to a place called Natty Greens, who thank you now follows us on our social media. Nice, thank nice you. to have you guys aboard. Thank you for following us. They had one of the most uh, unique lineups. They didn't have a lot on tap, but everything was really wild, wildly different. So it wasn't just like a bunch of IPAs and one sour. It was a hazy a west coast a sour a goes like it was they really had it varied on there so the, the three standouts i really got from there the clean slate west coast ipa super malty uh not as bitter as i normally would like but it had just enough bite and a nice little mellow guy it was good i really really enjoyed that one i had pretty pretty in pink goes which is just straightforward goes uh just had some stone fruit in it was it pink yeah it was nice. it, had a pretty, it had a really nice color um, the upside down, which is a Blondale, which this was the coolest one, I think, because it came in at like six and a half percent and it's a Blondale. So it has the crispiness of blonde, but they add just enough adjuncts to it to make it taste like pineapple upside down cake. Nice. So it was like very, cool. very light. You could drink it all day. It was really good. And then I, when I got hammered there, I decided to roll across the street to South end brewing fantastic little joint. They had Ready Set Goes, which is a pomegranate goes, which and that was fantastic. That sounds good. Yeah, uh, the hashtag no filter, which is their hazy IPA, and it, it just tasted like they just took Centennial and just shoved it in the glass. Nice, super juicy. And the lightest thing we have, because of course I want to try their Pilsner, and it delivered hard. I mean, the, and these were the two great ones, and I had like some other random beers here or there. I had some great restaurants and food and stuff. Um, really great seafood down there, and they and. The place I stayed actually paired your drinks, no matter what it was, with what you were going to eat. So I had a jalapeno IPA that was amazing. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was really good. Check I out. Think our, I saw a picture of that. Yeah, on socials, check yeah. our Instagram at KNWTB, yeah. uh, and you can check out the two other beers and some of the photographs I took from some of these places. And if you're down in North Carolina, you check out check them all out, and just make sure you tell them the boy sent you. I inadvertently went on a crispy world tour of. Pittsburgh last night on oh, yeah? a Wednesday. Yeah, on a school night. That was a good idea. Would you? Would you get anything good? Oh, I had to pick some stuff up at Voodoo, um, just some bottles, and then Golden Age. Oh, yeah, they just opened, right? in Homestead. It's, yeah. like, all crispies, pretty much. I mean, they have some pale ales and stuff, yeah. but, like, some pretty traditional stuff that's cool, good. Anything ring, good. ring true with you? There was, I forget what the beer was called. It was their collab they did with Roundabout. Oh, cool. I forget what the style was called. It was, like, a Geisweisen. Maybe. Oh wow! Okay, and it was almost like a Hefeweizen, but it didn't finish with that heavy wheat aftertaste. You had like that banana, and then it just was like crispy. Oh, like that's cloud. what I want because the one thing I that and it's like the one beer style, and a lot of people would like really get into the Hefeweizens. I'm not a huge Hefe guy because I don't like the weediness at the end. So if you're telling me the banana flavor is there, and then the weediness kind of tapers yeah. off, I gotta get some of that. And then uh, from there, Dennis guy hit me up. <laughs> he was done with meetings. Uh, so I went Time to, to kill Adam. I went to our favorite little dive bar, Alexion's down the road here, and drank uh, more Icy Light Mangoes than I want to admit on this podcast. Yeah. Icy Light Mangoes is the best craft beer in Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
<laughs> I thought I had three. Uh, it was yeah. not three. And you got your bill, and you're like, oh, fuck. It's not three. Oh, my bill was still low. It was just. Because I used to let mangoes are a dollar. Yeah. It was just yeah. a lot of a lot of them. You know what I find out, too, uh, in my travels? No other states really have that. You know, like, Milwaukee has Milwaukee Brewing Company, so they have, like, that kind of shit. But, like, Pitts- and Pittsburgh has IC and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, like, go into North Carolina, they didn't have that, really. It oh, was- like a big major brewery? Yeah. Yeah, I think they have, like, a big Anheuser-Busch plant there somewhere. In that Probably. Spot. Yeah, because, like, you know, you're right, because every bar I went to had... It was called Endless Happy Hour at the one place. It was just Budweiser. It was like um, when I was in D.C., like right around D.C., there wasn't like really they would try to call them dive bars, but there weren't like neighborhood bars there either. Like I, I know you're talking more like neighborhood be- big beers, but like yeah. there wasn't neighborhood bars and stuff like that either in D.C. It was weird. Oh, and like their their beer for all their sports teams and stuff was brewed like three hours away in Virginia. Like. Which makes sense because we're and then just, they got bought. It was yeah. Devil's Backbone, and then they got bought out by Anheuser Busch. So, yeah. so they Bev. still they still do okay though. I think their beer's not terrible. It didn't go totally south. Yeah, it was, but it's not the same. Be, used to be better. Yep, I know how that goes. Used to be better. <laughs> Rest in peace, Breckenridge. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adam, we are in the fallout of WrestleMania season. We're still kind of in the throngs of WrestleMania season, I guess, because WrestleMania Backlash is scheduled, which is when I stop watching WWE yeah, again. Um, just real quick before we get into WrestleMania, just so you know, WrestleMania Backlash had a really cool idea that's already been squashed where there was going to be a rematch between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. And Brock Lesnar has been removed from all Backlash yeah, I saw that. PR. So, and there's you, a rumor that Roman might be hurt. So, yeah. Oh, he's hurt. Yeah. And we'll get into that here in a little bit because we are going to go over WrestleMania 38. Yeah. You got it. WrestleMania 38. Now, here's the thing. From Dallas. Two nights of this was too much. There were so many matches in this thing that didn't really... Listen, they're cool. They're funny. They're kind of quirky. But they don't really deserve a lot of attention because they were just kind of there. There were some surprises that I, I really liked. I did like some things about the two-night format, and I'll I'll, yeah. I'll let you know what they were when we okay. get to them. But. So... But overall, yeah, it was a yeah. lot of filler. Bear with us, because if we get to a match, we may just say, like, hey, this is the outcome of it. Yeah. Because we have matches like Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. It's, you know, botchy, but had some funny spots in it. So we're going to start off on night one here. Uh, so we're going to look at the first match was the Usos taking on Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship, which didn't, I don't like, I don't like hodgepodge tag teams. I don't. I don't either. And, and I think Nakamura and Boogs are as close to a natural tag team because they do, like, they hang out a lot. But, you know, the Usos are so solidified. So you kind of twins. Yeah. You can't, can't beat that. No. But, yeah, it's it's kind of a smushed together tag team. Yeah. To have them going for the titles at Mania when you have some, like, legit teams. Street Profits. Yeah. But, I mean, not much to say about this match other than uh, Nakamura and Boogs' uh, entrance was pretty fucking cool. That was cool. And then Boogs getting hurt. That was yeah, tough that was, to see. That was tough. Yeah. So that, and that's what ended the match. Yeah. Boogs also didn't know. Hmm. He needs to learn what an athletic supporter was. Little Boogs was making some appearances there that yeah, I, I was. felt uncomfortable with. <laughs> Especially because his, like, tights were, like, veeing right yeah. at it. And yeah. it was yellow. <laughs> like, I can see your banana, Boogs. Dude. Get a jock strap, bro. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so this match only went seven minutes. And definitely it, on the roads. <laughs> oh, yeah. This match only went seven minutes. It was supposed to go a little bit longer than that. Um, so I'm new berries. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also without an ACL now, too. Yeah. So that's always good. No balls, no ACL. Yep. 
So it did put Shinsuke Nakamura in line to at least challenge for the Universal title or the Unified Championship. Yes. What, I don't know what the hell they're going to call it. The Unified Championship? Yeah. But he makes – so Shinsuke Nakamura makes an appearance. Then later on, uh, the fallout on SmackDown where he challenges um, Roman Reigns. I think we have another T-shirt, by the way. Yep. We do? Oh. All twig, no berries. All twig, no berries. Decay with the boy. All twig, no berries. <laughs> so moving to another match that I never wanted to see. It's Drew McIntyre taking on Happy Corbin. Uh, only because... So this this match, I kind of knew what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be the beginning of the dissension between Corbin and Moss, which is supposed to start happening. Yeah. Um, and okay match. Solid to a degree. Um, my thing is, is if they would stop messing with... Corbin's character and let him wrestle, the matches would be better. Correct. But they're making him evolve his character live in the ring without letting it develop in wrestling. Right. So. Uh, yeah, I have n nothing really to say about this. This was the least important match, I think I can say, of, yeah. at least of night one. Because you basically have two cartoon characters going against each other. Yeah. Corbin's character's just goofy and dumb. Yeah. And then Drew McIntyre comes out here like, Wish.com, yeah. Braveheart, and it's lame, too. Neither – yeah, I'm just not interested in either. Also, character. how pissed off would you be if you were the ring crew and you're like, oh, halfway through the biggest show of the year, this jackass is going to go ahead and cut the ring Second rope. match. We yeah. had two hours of pre-show where there's nothing going on. You should have did it then. Yeah. He comes out, he's like, well, I won this match, and I'm really pissed, so I'm going to use Angela to cut the top rope. And then the ring crew is just like, Fuck. The funniest thing was how much his plastic sword jiggle jaggled off yeah. his ribs. Yeah. Oh boy! You think they'd really let him bring a real sword down there? Cheap ass prop department. No, Arts. but like make it out of aluminum. Well, maybe it was aluminum. Yeah, it was Alum aluminum. Just something heavy, man. Like nah. aluminum. Next match. Adamantium. Fuck that match. So uh, we look at the Miz and Logan Paul defeating Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. Here's the thing. This match also. Not super great, but I have to say, Logan Paul did a really good job. Yeah. Logan uh, yeah. Paul did a fantastic job. He's very impressive. Uh, I yeah. think everybody did their part in this match. Um, yeah, I think so. My one takeaway from it, and like I've only seen him wrestle a handful of matches. Mm -hmm. Dominic Mysterio, he's a he's an awkward little dude. Yeah, there's <laughs> something just, about what he's doing that I don't quite particularly he's just like. just awkward. It's something about his face. Yeah. I, I mean, he looks like he's 12, yeah. and like... Just like, I don't know if his selling is wrong or if it's just like, I don't know. It's just awkward. My feel of it is that he goes for a move and stops before the last fourth needs to be followed yeah. through with. And that's what gives it that like unfinished kind of a feeling to it, which freaks me out a little bit. Like I, I want to like he could benefit from a mask as well. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Which I thought that's where it was going to go. Whenever Logan Paul stole the mask leading up to it and he stole it back and put it on. I was like, oh, it'd be really cool if you were wearing a mask and your dad wore a mask. Because eventually in, in Luchador lore, you're... You'll be El Ejo, Mysterio. Yeah. Like your son or your daughter, depending on who's going to take up the – just take your name over. So, I don't know. Uh, Logan Paul did a great job, and is actually setting up for him to have a short stint career in WWE. Like, Vince McMahon loves him, and with good reason. I think him and Bad Bunny are a display of celebrities who take this very seriously and yeah. worked hard to put on a good show. Speaking of a good show – Bianca Belair taking on Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. To me, this is one of the best matches on the card. This was fantastic. And even with the scary, scary botch of Becky Lynch hitting Bianca Belair in the eye, which I thought was really going to slow that match down. Yeah. Man, uh, Bianca Belair, let me just say, and I say this with all due respect, she's a bad bitch, man. 
Yeah, she took that. <laughs> she took it that. It was like the heel of the boot or the yeah, tip of the she, boot, she right she to the eye. She took a full kick to the face, and yeah. she was like, nah, I'm still wrestling this match. Yeah, I think that was kind of supposed to be like a flipping senton. Like, she was supposed to, like, she was just a little too far back, or Becky didn't get the leap she wanted to. Yeah. And fell short. It turned into like a really cool looking move because it looked like a front flip drop kick. It was it was sick. And then Bianca Belair sells it on Raw. Yeah. But uh, she was definitely supposed to get like Becky's lower back probably. Yeah. Like on her shoulder and got a mm-hmm. foot in the eye instead. And she and, uh, she Brutal. did really well with it. So Bianca Belair did walk away with the Raw Women's Championship here. Uh, but it does set up a rematch between the two, which I'm not mad about. I'd, I'd watch these guys wrestle one more time. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it and get it over yeah. with it. Like, because I mean, this storyline's been going since SummerSlam, so yeah, I you want, know, like in yeah. the background. I really want to see Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks get into something here yes. at some point, um, yes. or Bailey. If Bailey's coming back anytime soon, I'd like to see Bianca Belair and Bailey kind of go after it too. Bailey Bailey's a great singles performer, and if she's going to be full heel, then it's going to be fantastic. That'd be good. Yeah, I liked her better as a heel. I did too. Yeah, uh, Cody Rhodes taking on Sith. Seth freaking Rollins. You can't just say his name without putting freaking on it. I can't, dude. Um, WWE's edgy, man. The triumphant return of Cody Rhodes to WWE. And kudos to WWE. Used his AEW entrance music. Used his graphics. Mm -hmm. Put his shitty fucking neck tattoo on the stupid, like the the 3D prints. Man, they really sold his comeback. And Mm. I'm going to say right now, Cody Rhodes is the smartest fucking man in wrestling. Everyone thought it was a work. Everyone didn't know what was going on. And that dude was able to get Vince McMahon to give him Brock Lesnar-style contracts and treatments. Yeah. And pyro. Kudos to you, <laughs> Cody Rhodes. I am sorry if I ever... I'm wearing, I'm wearing the dog collar match shirt right now. I did it on purpose because I wanted to make sure that people know that I still support Cody Rhodes. I do too. Yeah, he's the only reason I turn on Raw now. I wait until his interview's nope. over and then I turn, turn it off. off. <laughs> <laughs> so you need more people like that, it, yeah, because it comes off as real, it comes mm-hmm. off as legit. It's not cartoony. Mm-hmm. Even yeah, even his scripted stuff was you know it was legit. It's good. Super a lot legit. of emotion. Yeah. I hope it lasts. I, I do too. It so the, it looks like they're going to prolong the like. So Cody Rhodes, great match, went over twenty minutes. Uh, great finish of the match too, and also I give a lot of credit to Seth Rollins because he was able to throw in some jabs in there, like "Welcome to the big leagues, bitch!" Like, yeah, yeah, fantastic, great job on both of these guys. Which, uh, and I've read too, like propelled both of them in ranking. So like they're like because Cody Rhodes is now considered the number two babyface mm-hmm. on the roster, and then Seth Rollins is considered the number two heel right now. Uh, so sure, yeah. so if you see either of them flip to the other side huge swerve which would get the fans to pop yeah and the one spot i remember the best is the reverse superplex off the top which was what, what a spot yeah. yeah that was sick dude uh moving on to a match that wasn't sick charlotte flair taking on ronda rousey i don't yeah. know what happened to ronda rousey yeah and everything was getting hot you had two good matches right before yeah. and then yeah, somebody farted in church and it was charlotte flair and ronda rousey yeah it, it stunk like you you know that this match is bad when the only thing that people talk about is Charlotte Flair's booby falling out. Yeah. That was it. Like so Charlotte Flair, for as much as you don't like her, she's actually a really great wrestler. Um Most of the time. and then Ronda Rousey. Not this night. Ronda Rousey I thought they were both they're both sloppy. off. Yeah. Both off. And that's why I was like Might just I, be a lack of chemistry. It's definitely that because there are all kinds of rumors from the dirt sheets, the ones that Tony Khan pays off. That says that Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair just do not get along, no matter if it's on camera, off camera. But that kind of plays into Charlotte Flair's whole thing. Like everyone's she doesn't get along with anybody. Yeah. 
But then, except her plastic surgeon, she got dude. <laughs> she put his. I hate to harp on that every time college. I see her, but man, she just looks weird. Thirteen titles and thirteen. Like it's, it's sad. It's a lot, man. Like like, honey, you look great. You don't need to do that. Nope. You look fantastic. Did not need to do that. Uh, Ronda Rousey's been receiving some criticism even after this match, prolonging uh, the fact that the fans sullied on her whenever she talked shit whenever she was on hiatus. Mm-hmm. Turn yeah. to it. Come back as a heel and shut the yeah. fuck up. That's all I want. I thought she was going to be a heel the way she kind of reintroduced herself to everybody. Yeah. She came in mania and just spanked everybody. Yeah. And then we go on to the main event, which was supposed to be KO, uh, KO Kevin Owens' talk show, bringing on Steve Austin, where... Uh, the great build up to this one, and it just the way it broke out into a match with Steve Austin looking like he never stopped wrestling. Yeah, other than his his knees are gone. Those things are like, dude, popped, yeah. it was it looked painful for him to walk when he was stomping. Yeah, in this. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Right at the start, uh, he got him in the corner and started stomping a mud hole in him and walking it dry, and it wasn't. He was yeah. He was like kicking a pebble down the road and walking it wet. It was, oh, yeah. it was, it looked bad, but it got better. It yeah. got, only got better from there. Um, kudos for 17 years off and yeah. doing that, taking a suplex on concrete. Which was sick. Was he unreal. sold that well. Yeah. I want to say that WWE so, did so this much, right, that it was fan service, yeah. 100%, everything about it. If they finally did some decent fan service in the yeah. mania, and it was nostalgia through the roof. Yeah. Great way to end the first night, yes. for sure. Yeah. And then they, and then late, and so spoiler alert too, they injected. Steve Austin later in the second night too, so he came out again, and then uh, of course we have to talk about the worst stunner. Now, uh, it used to be on his wife Linda McMahon. Now it is on Vince. Vince, yeah, Vince, the guy who had no problem taking bumps before, for some reason was scared maybe to take a stunner. I think he just got. I think he stumbled. Yeah, accidentally. The kick, the kick, kind of knocked him backwards yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Worst stunner, and I love McFoley's reaction to it on. Uh, social Just media, oh, full, full on belly laugh. So good, so good. Uh, so great. Actually, you know, if I wanted to grade the first night, I, I'd give it a B plus. I think it was, I think it was serviceable. I liked more than half. Yeah. Um, you said B plus. I'd say B plus. I'll get just. Yeah, I'll get B plus. Stone Cold the reason, saved it. and that's what I was gonna say. Stone Cold coming in at the end there. Yeah. Stone it's, Cold saved it from being a B. Yeah, it started off as a wet napkin with that tag match, and then I think Stone Cold the, really. Honestly, the first two matches sucked, and then. Um, good meat after that, and then Charlotte. Except for Charlotte. That was just tough, man. That should have been a good match. Yeah. It just wasn't. Yeah. So and, gonna, the, and the first match was just a yeah. a victim to an injury. Like, yeah, that wasn't their fault. That could have ended up being better than it was. I don't know. I wasn't super interested in it. I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. So, like. And then night two, I think they tried to take the matches that weren't. That weren't. I think night two was expendable to a certain degree. I know that the, mm. the the biggest match there is is the unification match, but let's go through it real quick. Uh, we have Archie Bro. Yeah, this will be a much quicker taking on the Street <laughs> Profits and Alpha Academy uh, with Archie Bro retaining the uh, the tag team championships for Raw. So a triple threat tag team match only getting eleven and a half minutes is kind of telling. That should have been a little longer, but um, I much would have rather have seen RK Bro and Street Profits without Alpha Academy or just RK Bro and Alpha Academy. Throwing in another tag team into a mix like this, unless you really have a lot of heat between the teams, doesn't really look because it was a tornado tag match, too, right? Yeah, so you had like six guys in there all just kind of just too yeah. much, yeah. But um, in all honesty, like for only 11 minutes and it opening the night, it was maybe the most enjoyable match for me. 
Yeah. There was more enjoyable segments later on. Yeah. I think purely based on the wrestling, this one was pretty exciting. They had some nice spots. The the RKO from out of nowhere from Riddle was... Yeah. I almost called him Riddell. <laughs> Call back to one of our first episodes. Yeah, ever. Spring, a springboard uh, RKO. It's really sick. Yeah. I like I like the the play between Riddle and, and, Randy. and Randy. It's really good. Randy, very cool. So we go into a match that deserves nothing. Nope. It, Bobby Lashley almost. Bobby Lashley wins. Great. Oh, yeah. See you next. Giant Knoxville <laughs> defeating Sami Zayn in an Anything Goes match. You had to know that all the Jackass crew was going to get in here. This match had like all the devices that Giant Knox had tried to use all kind of failed except for like the big hand slap. But what I want to do here is say the reason why this match was serviceable was because Sami Zayn sold everything. Yeah, he did. He did a good job. He took a suplex off the corner into a table full of mouse traps yeah. from Johnny to fucking Knox. I thought it was, I mean, it was all really just goof, but yeah, yeah. I could agree it with was that. fine. I, I was kind of impressed that they did do a live match. I thought it was going to be a theatrical Cin- match cinematic, or a cinematic yeah. match, um, with like some you know some safety precautions in with the stunts. But yeah, no, yeah. they did it straight out. I mean, the the finish was just botchy as fuck, bonkers, yeah. crap. With a PVC mousetrap yeah. sl- slamming on him at one mile an hour. <laughs> I can't move, yeah. bro. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, a wee man giving him the. Andre Slam was... That uh, was cool. Yeah, that was I did cool. enjoy that. So we move on to a fatal four-way tag team match for the Women's Tag Team Championship here. And it's Sasha Banks, Naomi taking on Carmella, Queen Zelina, Liv Morgan, Ray Ripley, and Natalia and Shayna Baszler. This this was a really good fatal four-way tag team match for the women's division. I really I really believe that. Um, but the only problem that they had here is that their, their teams are so smashed together that only one of the performers can really carry the team through a match like this. So realistically, you can get rid of Liv Morgan, you can get rid of Carmella, and you can get rid of Natalia, and there's there's your, your match. match. Yeah, you know, um, Sasha Banks, and Naomi, of course, are the most skilled out of all of them, which is why you know they take home the the tag team belts. And it eventually sets up whenever that dissolves and they they go after each other. That's going to be a cool like when Sasha Banks and Naomi feud, yeah, because they're going to drop those belts to somebody. And it would be smart to drop them to somebody like Carmella and Queens Elena to get the heat, and then that's where you see the dissension. But ten minutes and fifty seconds for this match, which is not a whole lot of time for that many bodies in a ring. But everyone got to showcase. Everyone hit their finisher. And I think Liv Morgan, despite the fact that I took her out of the match, she really shined in the second half. I think she's doing half. well. I think she's yeah. doing really well. In the second half, she was kind of cold in the first half. I think that's kind of building toward that Liv Morgan-Rhea Ripley split. Feud. Yeah. Because yeah. Ripley, I think, is going to that edge faction. It'll be on the pre-show of yeah. Backlash. God. WrestleMania Backlash. <laughs> Uh, we go into another match here that I re- I loved this one. It was Edge taking on AJ Styles in a singles match. They gave it 24 minutes. You didn't like this one? It was all good, and then the end ruined everything. What about the end? Did you like? Just a distraction roll up. Yeah, yeah. It's that's why I liked it. Stupid. It's it's the heel thing. That's why I liked. Sure it. Sure was, but yeah. it's just like just give me a genuine end to the match, and then I will say do a little shit yeah. afterwards or something. The, the ending definitely could have been something that you played out on Raw. Yeah, there was no explanation yeah. for it. Like, yeah. nothing. Like, there he is. There's a role. There's, can uh, somebody D- at least Damian tell the Priest. Annou- Damian Priest could, came out. Could yeah. the announcers at least, like, 
have something to say about that's it. That's like, why you need Joey Styles to come back or something. Oh my god, so, just something to come back and kind of give it credence. Um, I did the, the match was great. I think Edge and AJ Styles can really they, they wrestled very well. The chemistry was there. Yeah, the roll up. You're right. It was kind of lame. It's it was definitely a lame finish. Yeah, it um, could have all been saved if. Uh, Damian Priest just got on the mic afterwards and was like, you all know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. And just left. <laughs> Bye. And then just did the surfer and then <laughs> left. Oh, that would have saved the whole thing. That would have. In an NWO shirt. That's all I need. That would have been sick. Yeah. Put me, on the, put me on the writing staff, Vince. <laughs> we go to a match that deserves nothing. Sheamus and Ridge Holland take on the New Day. Beat the New Day in a minute 40. Yeah. Which is ridiculous because the New Day is their tag team champions. Fuck it. Uh, this is a match I liked. Pat McAfee taking on Austin Theory with Vince McMahon side carton Austin Theory. Pat McAfee is a very good wrestler for mm-hmm. not wrestling all the time. And I like how they sell his leg strength as being one of the things that he he's can a, defeat you he's with. A punter. Yeah, he's going to punch your fucking head into the stands, which I love. And it was cool. He punted a ball into the stands. And did you see where it landed? People went crazy. Oh, yeah. It was like it was like that movie Critters when they started eating that that one dude who fell in front of the ball of them. <laughs> Just snacked it up. It was crazy. Uh, so Pat McAfee does defeat Austin uh, Theory, which pissed off his dad, Vince McMahon. Uh, so then Vince McMahon decided at, what, 79,000 years old to take off of his shirt and then get in there and wrestle Pat McAfee. Got the McBoobers out. Good Lord. And then he beats Pat McAfee. He punted a ball into his face at one mile an hour. <laughs> it's my... On the lawnmower, it was all the way to the turtle on the no. throttle. <laughs> this is the fastest that Vince McMahon has ever buried talent. That's fine. Though. He's an announcer. He's a part-time talent. It's fine. And you, he lost to Vince McMahon. It's fine. You lost to Vince, but could you imagine having Austin Theory and Pat McAfee with having a legitimate feud going into like, I don't know, two months of programming? So cool. And then have Austin Theory go over on Pat McAfee with Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon can start the whole like the new... You're the chosen one. Yeah. Or go back to the... um. Austin evolution thing kind of go back to like the, the corporate ministry. <laughs> it was me, Austin, all along. <laughs> so we go up to the main event that was a dud Roman Reigns taking on Brock Lesnar to unify the championships from I, SmackDown and Raw. I went to bed. <laughs> this was a terrible It was match. too late on a Sunday. Austin got me all. So the Steve Austin stunning McMahon was right before this. Yeah. Although I will give props to Austin Theory and Pat McAfee. They took the stunner wonderfully. Dude, Theory taking the stunner was sick. Yeah. Um, Ryan McMahon did it. Reminds me a lot of um, when the Rockies take. Remind it. me of a Liu Kang bicycle kick yeah. on Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I went to bed. I watched the Roman Brock match the next day, and I was like, "Yep, exactly what I expected." Very unimpressive, except for Roman's. He got hurt. Arm popping his. Yeah. Looks like he tore you his could bicep. Tell, like he tried to like bring the other belt up, and he just couldn't do Good. it. Yeah, and then his his dad Paul Heyman had to come in and take the other belt. Yeah, off I watched it. I watched a replay, and he was. You can see it pop. He was hurting too. You could the winds he had. Hopefully, it's just to, a tear. But uh, I hope. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Good job for. Uh, for Brock, they're laying that freaking Kimura in, man. That was pretty good. Yeah. That's that's Make what happened. Oh, he tried to shoot and get the belt. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to fuck this match up and just take these things. Brock's going in the business for himself. <laughs> it's a work, brother. 
It's the Dallas dick job <laughs> instead of the Montreal <laughs> screw job. So if we look at some of the WrestleMania fallout here, uh, Roman Reigns uh, losing the belt will be huge for whomever can do it. But can creative do it well? Put it on Cody, damn it. And that's what's going to happen. I believe down the road, I think you're going to have the man who believes he moves the needle in Roman Reigns taking on the indie return son of a plumber, yeah. Cody Rhodes. Uh, when are they doing this? SummerSlam, maybe? SummerSlam. Yeah. I think so. Because you get the belt off Roman because the big rumored match for next Mania is him and The Rock. And yeah. You don't need a belt don't there. need a belt It's a part-timer coming in. Right. Um, so I think you're going to see... I think that's when you're going to see Cody Rhodes because... be cool. Yeah. Because that's the one thing he's always said he he wanted to do for himself and for his dad. So for his dad. I think it's really cool. It's my dad. It's my dad. Several he says dad the same way every time I love it. Yeah. It gets you choked up. It's it's yeah, yeah it's powerful. And that all oh, and then the the show when it, he, he he did the bionic oh that was so yeah. so good in the middle of the match. I jumped too. I jumped out of off the couch yeah, for some I was happy for yeah. that too. So uh, several several WWE stars need, are in need of a change in persona or character if they truly want to make a push uh, for their chance at championship. I'm looking at you, Alexa Bliss. I don't know where the hell you're at. I know you got married. Congratulations. But what the hell are you doing with your character? You got to figure it out. Are you are you Satan incarnate? Are you back to being, you know, whatever the hell she was, Little Miss Bliss? or She needs that. She went off and married Ryan Carbonara. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The owner of Olive Garden. Yeah. 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 Mr. Carbonara. Mr. Carbonara, yeah. Free bread sticks for life, Alexa. Yeah. Good job. His dad owned Texas Roadhouse, and then he branched off into Olive Garden and gave it to his son, Ryan Carbonara. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> Is his mom Ruth Chris? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Okay, That's exactly cool. it, dude. Just, yeah. Yeah. Nice. She was a farmer. She farmed. For, she uh, she was a livestock farmer, yeah. and she would take cows down and shoot them in the face and, <laughs> and get <laughs> and then put butter on them. Put butter on them, yeah. yeah. And, and, she, then, and then charge you $20 for a baked potato. She's friends with Paula Dean. Everything's better at butter. And, 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 yeah, I almost said and racism. Yeah. Because Paula Dean's one of the most racist pieces of shit ever. Too. Yeah, fuck it. Fuck, fuck, fuck her. Fuck Paula Dean. Uh, so we need to see some fuck stars. Fuck her and Ruth. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we need to see some stars take take a turn onto something else. I think... Drew McIntyre needs to make a change. Uh, I think big he, time. Yeah, uh, he's gotten stale. I think he's the next feeder for uh, Roman at this point. I think he is yeah. too. Take yeah. the kilt off and go in there and get beat. Son. Yep. And then I want to see. Uh, I want to see probably Becky Lynch would be cool if he, she, she did a little bit of a tweak to her character too. I think maybe I, I liked her look. I liked her new look. And it was too. cool. Yeah, it was very uh, um, Blade Runner. That was yeah yeah. yeah. I, I think that we need to see more uh, heel rock star personalities. And you know who'd be really good at that right now to get a, to get a push again? Seth, well, no, Seth already has the push. Yeah, the Miz. Um, the Miz. Push him. Toward, I mean, they they are. They it looks like they are. Yeah, you got to give him a single. You got to give him a singles title push towards the mid card. I think, and you can do that if you make him yeah, more they got of a heel. Theory in there right now, though. That's a Trying good matchup, Finn. though. Yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. Except they keep be beating my boy Finn. I don't like that part. He's not having a good He's worth few months. More than that. He really is with those gutters. Oh, man. He's got the V. Gutters. The Irish Springs. <laughs> and like I said before, <laughs> Cody Rhodes is the smartest man in wrestling right now. He's smarter than the dirt sheets, and he's being treated like gold by WWE, and I hope that it stays this I way. I hope it stays that way. That's all I can say about it. But the fallout from that is all the stars with expiring contracts in AEW, Impact, New Japan for Wrestling, MLW, GCW. They're watching, yeah. and WWE made a fucking power move. As much as people want to downplay it as much as they are, them giving Cody Rhodes what they gave him 
is going to really attract some other stars they have some heat with. MJF could go to WWE. His only problem is his contract is so long still. It is long, and there's no way he could say the things that he says on WWE. I think he's creative enough to get over his heel, too. too, I don't want to see it. I want him to stay where he can say whatever the hell he wants. I like that, too. But If you can't call somebody methany on cable TV, then I don't don't want to see it. Tune in. Yeah, uh, and then lastly here for WWE, are, are we seeing the end of the brand split? So we're seeing the unification of the championships, and then the Usos are now fighting for unified tag belts. Right, right. Which, that's going to be a great match. RK-Bro. Oh, it's RK-Bro. Yeah, I was going to say, who even has them on the other yeah. show? Okay. Because yeah, then after cool. that, you really set up a good match between whoever wins that match and the um, Street Profits. Because the Street Profits are really good. Well, and I already saw the next line. It's going to be Legacy comes back that's against it. the Bloodline. I like it. I like it. I'd buy Since it. Since you got Cody and Randy back. Just get paid Ted DiBiase Jr. a bunch of money. Or just Perfect. have him send Matt Riddle his trunks. Everybody that leaves Evolution and all that, they all become real estate agents. You know that? Yeah. yeah. Or thieves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Ted DiBiase Jr. stole all that money, but I think his dad might have. And his did. brother. Everyone's got a price. <laughs> He did the missionary man work, man. He did a fraudulent church thing. He certainly did. Yeah, that's pretty forgiving. Gotta put money in Jesus' plate. That's a heel, buddy. Adam Shear versus Tony Khan versus Buff Bagwell. This Titans. sounds kind of weird to me. It should sound weird to you. But the Titan who should be controlling his own narrative is taking shots at anyone who wants these hands. Uh, Tony Khan broke the news. He hired staff to investigate all the anti-AEW rhetoric and found solid proof that there are ghost accounts, bots, and smaller groups of people pursue, are pushing a significantly biased opinion of AEW. Of course, this stokes the interest of the Titan. Because he goes on Twitter and takes shots at Tony Khan, saying that he, Tony Khan pays off dirt sheets and is scared of control your narrative because they are competition. I'm not saying CYN is not competition, but I haven't seen I'll that. say they're not. I haven't seen a single fucking match from CYN. I'm so sad that Killer Cross is there. Yeah. I, I, and he I, grew his hair out. He looks dumb with hair. Yeah, I have searched everywhere for one of these matches. I want to see one. I can only find clips on yeah. YouTube, like like 30-second clips. And I have a fight. It don't look good. It looks like bar wrestling, yeah. basically. I, I have a fight.com pass. I bought a pass, and I still can't find CYN anywhere. I can find AAA. I can find MLW, GC. I can find all that stuff. I can't find you, CYN. So control your fucking narrative so I can actually see something. You know what I mean? How are you selling tickets right now? It's Ethan Carter the third. He's got all Dixie's money. So remember, he's his nephew. That's why you're never going to be successful because <laughs> everyone's going to connect you to that dumb bitch. <laughs> Dump that bitch. <laughs> Yeah, man, I like uh, I like that the the Titan. I like his new haircut. He looks like a West Virginia yeah. steroid addict. He looks like he's on the Wild Whites of West Virginia. He sure does. The sequel. He sure, sure does. Uh, so the animosity th- this stems from uh, these parties having some friction. Whenever Tony Khan didn't let AEW stars perform on CYN, um, despite there being Ooh. mutual interest between CYN and AEW, but I think Tony Khan kind of saw the forest with the trees on that one. CYN is not very safe. Despite, exactly. I was yeah. going to say, maybe he didn't want his top stars getting injured on your right. shitty yeah. show for 500 people. Right. He let some people go over to a match. Well, he he loaned everybody to AAA, if you remember. Yeah. And everyone came back hurt. Everyone came back hurt. And he loans select few people to GCW. Yeah. And they get hurt all the time. Uh, Moxley didn't. No, Moxley hurts everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so then you want to enter player three, Buff Bagwell. He made a cute little tweet about CYN, equating it to like stomach cramps for a fart, which I thought was funny. 
It's a it's a fun little it's pretty tweet. good. It's, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's innocuous. He's in he's in the accountability crib now. Yeah, DDP's DDP. Love and, it, yeah. man. He got super kicked at uh, the GCW show. I Joey saw. Janella. Oh my god, <laughs> Joey Janela is an underrated heel. Uh, so buff stuff. Petty party of one posted uh, Adam Shear's mugshot after the Titan posted one of Buff Bagwell's recent legal concerns on social media. It's petty bullshit. Leave each other alone. And that's what I was saying. And then all of a sudden they went meat castle handshake with each other. And we're like, I'm really sorry, bro. We should be lifting each other up. Yeah, bro. We definitely should lift each other up because like we got to make money together, brother. <laughs> Can you tell me what Braun Strowman got arrested for? So it was fake. It was fake. Oh. So Buff Bagwell posts this uh, a mugshot of him and it's for boating while under the influence. And then Adam <laughs> Shearer's like, yeah, I got pulled over for that shit. And I got a fine, but I didn't get arrested. Like you took my strong man photo i was the boat yeah he could have been at that point i think he was like damn near 400 pounds he was strong manning at that time everyone forgets that adam shear was a, was a strong man competitor and he was like a oh before that he was a fat guy like us oh yeah <laughs> but way stronger <laughs> so uh aw knife champions kind of happened so it, it's championship week here for aw so we're gonna touch on a couple things but just so you know the boys are invading aw on April twentieth, so we got nine. Well, we got seven adults and two children. Yeah, <laughs> and we're invading. We're invading. We're bringing our own tank. That's our juniors division. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, right, real quick, the two matches that really stood out to me: uh, Jurassic Express taking on Red Dragon for the AEW Tag Titles, Sad outcome, and then man. Samoa Joe taking on Suzuki Minoru Suzuki for the ROH TV Title. Um. I really, I really did enjoy the tag match. I thought let Red Dragon really shine there. I didn't like the outcome because I think Jurassic Express is one of the tamest, least entertaining tag team champions that I've seen in a while. Well, and I like that FTR is going on a run collecting belts right now. I do, and like I that. don't want to see them go against Jurassic Express. I wanted to see them go against Red Dragon. I want to see them go on the belts against the Young Bucks. They just did last week. I know, but I want to see it for the <laughs> AEW title. Nah. Yeah. Put it on Red Dragon. Let's do it that way. Yeah, I would like that too. I think Red Dragon is showing that they can carry. That's when Bret Hart comes back. Sharp they keep teasing everybody. it. They keep teasing it. Well, with the Owen Hart Cup too. Right. Yeah. FTR wants the, Bret Hart to be the manager. And now they're faced. It could happen. That's pretty sick. Let's do it. So then we go to Samoa Joe taking on Suzuki. This was great. Stiff mm. match. Fantastic. I liked the outcome. Mm. Either side could have been cool for the outcome. I think they're both very well-respected veterans. But putting the belt on Samoa Joe right now is the smart move because I think he's the more young, energetic guy that can take on more uh, appearance dates, yeah. especially because Tony Khan has Ring of Honor and AEW. So you're going to need people that can fill this spot. Yeah. Um, and then, I just didn't like the match. It's, it's the, I'm an old curmudgeon about it. Like I don't like them just standing there and waiting to get hit. Yeah, they like slapped each other for That's like true. eight minutes straight, and it's just like you and take the other it. guy stands there and brace it. You can see him brace for yeah. it, and like it's like ah. that's true. But I think that's that's Suzuki style. That it is. I it think because if you saw Smojo take on Max Caster, that was a really good match. Hot hot take. I'm not a big fan of him. You can Nana Nina Ray all over the place. You basement dwellers. I don't give Who? a f Suzuki. I'm not a f really no. I like boring. Him. He's boring. I like him. He's boring. He's interesting. Murder He's stupid. Real quick, let's touch you on. You just have all those freaking mouth breathers waiting for that one line, and the, <laughs> then you get Nina Ray, and then the the, the guitar solo kicks in there. Oh, <laughs> it's come everywhere. Oh. <laughs> the Taro never touched me, touched me like that. Comma, comma, chameleon. What's the the, the Dragon Ball Z thing? Kamehameha. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Comma, comma, chameleon. Get the fuck out of my Jesus fucking, Christ. Get the fuck out of the basement. You <laughs> Neckbeard bitches coming at you from my basement. <laughs> 
It's my basement, though. It's not yeah, my mom's we basement. We own this basement. There's a fucking brewery right behind that camera. So, Adam, let's touch on UFC drama and the fallout there in real quick before we go to a break here. So, UFC 20, uh, 273 went off pretty much as we expected, except for one thing. Sterling beat Jan. He sure did. And he beat him. It, uh, my estimation, he did it pretty well. So... Oh boy, I'll do a quick. I'll do it as quick as I can. Yeah. So I had it scored. Um, shoot, I think it was round two and three for Sterling, and the last two rounds for Jan. Yeah. The arguments the first round, yeah. which was boring as shit. Yeah. Hardly anything happened. Just feel it, they were feeling each other out. Yeah, like Sterling was feeling him out, connected more times. Jan hit him with like two big hits. Yeah. So it's like, where do you score that? But then the other controversy is in round two. Aljamain Sterling was so dominant. Was that a 10-8 round? Like, there's all these moving pieces. Um, I and think, that's my assessment of it. I do yeah. think I do think Sterling won. You could argue yeah. either way. And that's a problem. And yeah. that's why Daniel White shouldn't get so grumpy pants about it. Yeah. Uh, death before decision. That's yeah. one of the best things I've ever heard. Death before. Don't leave it in the hands of the judges. Didn't but, Dana say that? Or he at least stole it and said it a couple times. You know who said it first? Stitch. Stitch that said it sense. first. That makes sense. He, he'd be greasing you up, and he would say, death before decision, before you went into the cage. And and you're right. Dana White, did. he stole it, and they put it on the back of shirts for a while. All his affliction dum-dums were wearing yeah. that. Death for, you don't fight. You're wearing an affliction shirt. I think it was tap-out. Stitch was well, – I hope it was tap-out because Stitch was at least with tap-out. Yeah, that's while, true. Right? Yeah. But who knows? So when but we look at this – They're all dum-dum shirts. So now. Sterling takes home the bantamweight belt. And the, the biggest problem here is that Dana White was caught, like, not liking this. Not once, but three times. Yeah. Once when the announcement was made for the fight decision, and then when he was supposed to put the belt on Sterling, and then again during the postcard presser, yeah. um, White, he's catching heat from multiple sources uh, for his indifference to a strong performance from the most complete version of Sterling I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, he was great. That was fantastic. And the, the rumor is he's, like, worried he's going to turn into Tyrone Woodley, just be kind of boring and... But who cares? That's how you fucking keep the belt. Whatever. Like, it's a legit sport, man. Yeah. Like, be happy that you got a, an athlete. Mm -hmm. And be happy now you can run it back a third time and there's interest. Like, it was at least a close fight. Yeah. Um, but if you wanted your boy on to win, like, your boy should have won. Like, yeah. knock him out. Right. Knock He's, him down. And he had the power to do it, but he yeah. couldn't defeat the, the cage control and the the prowess of staying away from the power loaded left. That's why I don't like. I don't get it. I, I am a fan of a lot of MMA fighters, but like I don't die die defending anybody. No. Like if if somebody beats my boy, then that guy's good. Like it's just yeah. it's it's not a team sport. I'm not backing. I mean, if they're from Pittsburgh, I'd probably root for yeah. them harder than anybody. Yeah. But the only one we had to root for in the last handful of years Josh was Josh Koscheck, and he's a dick. Fuck that guy. So. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, yeah, I just root for the fight to be good. Yeah. And, I'll, you know, I'll bet and I'll pick – I'll root for the side I picked, yeah. but you can't get upset and yeah. grumpy pants. Just throw another match together and beat them, Dana. Absolutely. Don't show it. And you know we didn't get grumpy about? All of our sponsors because steroid we have some egg. really good ones. He's a steroid egg of a man. <laughs> he does cocaine and strippers too, according to Logan Paul. Jake Paul. So Even Tony Khan probably hung out and did cocaine oh, that night. I, saw I have an announcement! I have an announcement! We have sponsors. And they're during this break. And if you support our sponsors, you support us. And when you support us, we get major announcements! <laughs> See you on the other side.
I'm Dan. I'm Lou, and together we are Casting Views. An uncle and nephew chatting on random topics, some heavy, some fun, but we aim to amuse. Don't miss out, don't delay. Subscribe to Casting Views today. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and Good Pods. Hello, everyone. My name is Nick. I'm the host of Nikolai's Kitchen, and I'm also the host of the annual live stream for The Cure. Livestream for the Cure is a charity event where we raise money with content creators and podcast partners from around the world for the Cancer Research Institute, a wonderful nonprofit researching cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This is a mission and a future that I truly believe in. And myself and my team worked tirelessly over the past five years to raise over $50,000 for this cause. This year, we're aiming for our biggest single goal to date of $20,000, and we cannot do it without your help. Please join us for the event May 19th through the 21st, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, for 45 hours of content from people all over the world. Together, we can bring hope for a future immune to cancer. The more eyes we reach, the more dollars we raise. Please help us in making this goal a reality. Together, we can make a difference. Nice ink, Adam. Yeah, I got your name on my ass. <laughs> uh, I was talking about your forearm, though. Oh, yeah. Well, I've been taking care of it. Yeah, it looks great, man. Uh, what, are you, what are you using? I'm using Lucky 13's Tattoo Cleanser and Healing Ointment. This ointment is incredibly fresh and invigorating. It effectively removes all surface oils and dirt while not dehydrating your new tattoo. Dude, I actually got some of Lucky 13's Tattoo Balm. It's all natural, not oily, and applies easily. The balm improved my color and definition, and the vibrance on this ink makes it look like it's brand new. Oh yeah, man. I found their products after taking their online quiz and it pointed me in the right direction. Hey, guess what? And right now, if you use our promo code MATA193529, you can save 25% on your entire order from their site. From the first line of your tattoo to the first year of your tattoo and beyond, Lucky 13 has you covered to keep that ink looking fresh. Welcome back. Hopefully you heard something that you like. Because again, when you support our sponsors, you support us. And when you support us, we bring some pretty cool stuff. And we have tons of cool guests coming on. We have just the feelers out to everybody. We People want to get on this podcast now, Adam. And it's because, you want to know why it's because? Our sponsors. Our sponsors. They help us keep this going. So check them out. You might like something there. You got tattoos? Get the tattoo. I mean, you listen to the podcast that we recommend? Go listen to them because they're awesome people. Go to the live stream for a cure. Go to our fucking Redbubble. Get a dad hat. They're $19.52. Get Come all, on. Get an all twigs and no berries t-shirt coming soon. That's coming soon. I'm going to make that tonight. That's going to be a good one. Put books broken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adam, we are back in this bitch, and we are in round two, and you made a fantastic beer. So, put together, round two beers. <laughs> round two beers, what we got? Uh, we got a beer from Bash Brew. Oh, self-serving. Like you said. Like yeah. you said. We're self-serving again. Uh, but for uh, for a friend of the podcast, uh, Dark Roots, Dark Root Barbershop up in Allentown, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Don't go to Allentown, PA. You're right. It's the neighborhood in Pittsburgh. Way too far. Uh, Dark Root. Hit them up. Uh, I, you can get Ricky on uh, an app called The Cut on yeah. your mobile phone. You can schedule a time, uh, pay right through there, tip right through the app. It's very Wonderful. nice. Yeah, yeah. Don't have to worry about taking cash. Um, and when you go, 
get some of this. It's the Dark Roots Stout, brewed by Bash Brew exclusively for his shop and for the Jejutorium. Of course. Um, it's our oatmeal stout coming in at 5.8% this time. Overshot our efficiency a little bit. I was hoping for 5.5%, but... Uh, Gets you a little yeah. buzzed up while you're getting your lines in. That's yeah, so cool. so it's a it's a it's a the base malt and it's a it's Munich malt and a little bit of two row base. Uh, okay. So you get a little bit of sweetness, of course, some oatmeal in there because it's an oatmeal, and then you get that roastiness. Yeah, um, and it's super dark. And I say the one thing I really enjoy about this and the former iterations, the one thing you cranked up here on this one is the roastiness because you know I like roastiness, and I think you made this for me just as much as you made it for Ricky. It's okay. Yeah, I, mean, I make it it's self-serving for me too. I like a good <laughs> it's sessionable good. stout. Yeah. And it really is too. This is a stout that you can have all throughout the year. Um because it's not too heavy, it doesn't make you feel really full, it has a nice roastiness to it, it got a lot of flavor. Nice and, the, and the ABV is not super high, so you're not gonna get shit housed on two of them. Yeah. You can have a feel. And the uh for the for the beer nerds out there, the SRM, which is the color of it, is almost off the scale dark. Nice. Like I make it as dark as I possibly can without making it too roasty bitter. Yeah. You don't want that burnt coffee taste. You want right. it balanced still. Don't taste like Starbucks. Still Starbucks yeah. after all these all these months. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> they fired me. Yep. We had to fire you because of it. <laughs> so Adam, like I said before, spooky season's right around the corner. And we love... It's not, but for us it is. For all, it's always... Yeah, we're halfway there. Halfway. So it's right around the corner, and we got done celebrating some of the wonderful women in the world in March. It was Women's History Month. So I thought it was only right, because we had guests in between. We couldn't do this in the meantime. I want to go online and find the top 10 final girls in horror as ranked by a reputable site, Ranker. Ranker is... What is what it is. It's where fans can go on and actually rank things in order from one to ten by voting on them. And okay. there were thousands and thousands and thousands of votes for these. So this is according to Ranker. So what I want to do, Adam, is just kind of go over this and then we can say which ones we think belong, That's don't fine. belong. And then if we have some people that we want to make adjustments on, we can do that. I'm glad you clarified that it's kind of fan vote and it wasn't. No. individual that did this because i would say some bad things about that individual so i would say if you look at this list and compare it to like imdb's list or uh muovo i think is the other one that's on youtube all the time those ones are more true to like critics okay and it's wildly different i want to do fan driven stuff because no it's fun you get a little bit more variety in there yeah and we get to debate yeah. a little more because it's it kind of you kind of get to see where the fans are voting and see where it's like a popular kind of thing you know? right right so I'm going to start at number 10 and work my way up to number one because number one is kind of obvious. Uh, so number 10 here, we're going with Sarah Bailey, played by Robin Tunney, and that's in The Craft from the 1990s, where a coven of witches find their fourth and finally summon the, uh, was it the Ark Witches of the Four Cardinal Coordinates, and they all get imbued with significantly incredible powers pretty good there i can't believe you remembered all that i love the craft i really really do it got me into goth girls uh yep <laughs> welcome to my fetish <laughs> not, not one of my favorite movies but um it's a good movie yeah i really like yeah. it was actually and it was the come out uh movie for nev campbell this is where right. she really solidified herself right. as a horror actress because despite the fact that the craft has been uh marked as the 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 horror gothic version of clueless because that's what's been kind of because it's around the same time as if meh, right. 
uh, it's it's really it's really is scary if you're if you're checking it out for the first time. So I don't know if you know this or not. Is Robin Tunney the actress in that movie? Then that that went on to be in Half Baked. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a yeah. huge crush on her. No, I still do. Yeah, yeah. Sarah, Sarah Bailey's character uh, was absolutely stunning and she did a great job there and she and it was I also, thought that was her name i was just yeah wasn't sure another big thing about the craft too is about a lot really heavy to go back to women's you know women's history month it's it was very empowering uh oh yeah she she you know her spell she put on the the sex addict and fucked him over that was really cool uh so we move on to number nine here heather langenkamp as herself in west craven's new nightmare uh, if you do, and so if you if you don't listen to us or watch horror movies, Wes Craven's new nightmare is Nightmare on Elm Street. But it's when Wes Craven came back and tried to like reboot <laughs> his own mm-hmm. series and didn't want to call it Nightmare, nightmare on, Elm on Elm Street. Street. Yeah. Um. Uh, so it was like meta. It was meta because Heather Langenkamp was the original final girl in the first right Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. It's Nancy. Right. But and now the- it's just her. Ugh. It was a terrible movie. It was terrible. It was a terrible movie. This doesn't belong on the list yeah. at all. And we'll get for it. me. I I, we'll, I know we'll I'm jumping the gun a little bit. So but, uh, it just gives me the <laughs> uh. Uh, number eight. We're looking at Gail Weathers, played by Courtney Cox in the Scream franchise. Now the reason why she's on here, and we'll see later on that Scream makes another entrance here, is because Scream broke a lot of rules, and I think that's why this is allowed to be on here because in different movies, uh, Gail Weathers was the heroine that really saved the day. At times, so her and Dewey getting it on. Mm. Um, I I also make an on this <laughs> entry on the list, and we'll get into it later. Yeah, and then we go on to a movie I really really like here. Uh, Aaron Harson played by uh, Sharni Vinson in Your Next. Your Next was a nice uh, reintroduction towards survival horror, and with a very heavy uh, female lead focus it was like survival slash home invasion right yeah what home, i remember home invasion with a twist yeah yeah, yeah yeah so this was a fantastic movie um and you come to find out that uh aaron has some training and she does not make it easy for the invaders it's a great movie it, it reminds me a lot of straw dogs yes in the, in the way yes. that it's, it's written uh we move on here to maddie played by kate siegel in hush a movie you do not like I know that. I enjoyed Hush. I did. Um, but Maddie plays a, uh, a deaf final girl, and she is quite tough in her approach to the killer. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> She's on the list. We go then on to number five. Uh, Nancy Thompson, played by Heather Langenkamp, uh, for the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. So Nancy Thompson has been... In and out of this franchise a ton. She she disappears for a while for whenever some of the new uh, new heroines kind of come into the mix. There was actually another person they were talking about during uh, Dream Warriors. Mm-hmm. She was the one who was kind of like rivaling up with Nancy Thompson. And as, I yeah as deserved yes yeah the great great job in it was number three yep yeah wonderful movie um, for being the third installment in a in a genre in a an established series. franchise yeah. yeah. Did a great job. Great third movie, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to go on to Grace Ledomas, played by Samara Weaving, and it's in Ready or Not, which was a fun movie as well. Ready or Not had a cool twist at the end. Have you watched this movie? I have not seen it. I saw I so in research for the podcast, I watched the trailer, and I want to watch the movie now. What well, I don't. It looks to, fun. It I looks can't fun. spoil it for you yeah. then because the end, you're like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> it, it looks fun. Um, 
And just from the trailer, mm-hmm. she seems like a pretty badass final girl. She really is. So. Take take someone who's like pretty punk rock and put her in a scenario where she has that what the fuck mentality. And I she, just started punching a bunch of rich people in the face, and yep. I liked it. <laughs> it's it's the most brutal game of hide and go seek you're ever going to watch yeah. in a movie. Yeah, I'll be watching that this yeah. weekend. Move on to one that I really like, and every, and if you watch this podcast, you listen to me talk, you know this is my favorite. Ellen Ripley, played by Sigourney Weaver in the Aliens franchise, she re-solidified female protagonists in horror movies. I think she did, because I know that Aliens gets chalked up as a sci-fi movie, but it's a horror movie, man. It's sci-fi horror. Yeah. yeah. Really, really enjoy that one. Um, glad that the fans could at least vote correctly on this one. Uh, we want number two here, and it's Sydney Prescott, played by Nev Campbell in the Scream franchise, which again, Scream is my favorite slasher. Uh, and I think Sydney Prescott's character was very well developed, even in the shitty uh, Scream, which is Scream 3. She still played pretty well. The writing, uh, yeah, the her, writing was shit. Her, yeah, it was, she, yeah, the character suffered from really bad writing, but um, the character as a whole survived it. Yeah, I think, I, I think so too, yeah. And then number one, we're looking at Laurie Strode, played by Jamie Lee Curtis in the Halloween franchise. Who? Huh? Who? Jamie, Never heard of her. Jamie Lee Curtis? She's not been on the tip of everybody's lips for the last five years. She's a chick from the Activia commercials. Yeah. Poop, poop. <laughs> but she's ringing true. Poop, poop, stab, stab. <laughs> she's ringing true at number one because, as you know, Halloween is just like Black Lives Matter. <laughs> According to Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Even though Halloween was filmed before. Ugh. Cringe. Hashtag cringe. Bo Burnham put out a song. I don't know if you. It, it, it's the way. It's how things work. And his new his new special inside. And he puts it. He has, wears a sock on his hand. And at one point he goes. He gives this. He anthropomorphizes the sock. And he turns the sock to him. He's like. Why does every white motherfucking person think that everything's about them? <laughs> Jamie Lee Curse is a fucking white sock. <laughs> also, Bo Burnham, white girl's Instagram. So, like, yeah, oh, I yeah. love it. It all ties. <laughs> um, but yeah, jeez, man, Jamie Lee Curtis jumped the jumped jumped the boomer shark on that one. She certainly did. So, Adam, I I like here that you put in Adam. Yeah, notes. don't 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 go below my notes. I want you to guess what my biggest problem with this list is. Well, well, it's, and it's not somebody that's on it. It's I'll give you a hint. It's not somebody that's on it. Mm-hmm. Although I do have problems with that too. Yeah, yeah. It's somebody that was left off. Of it. I know that you have favorite franchises. Uh huh. So I would say, and we talked about this last time too. So Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh huh. You're hitting it on the nose. Yeah. There's no there's Slim. Yes. So I, I said Slim or Sally Hardesty should be on. Oh yeah, either the either, be on either the sure. final girl from one or two or both of them yeah, should be on this list. That, that's a really good idea. They were both because so now that we're talking about our opinions on it, what I like in a final girl is that they're just uh they're either brutal and like vicious, yeah, or they're just a badass and they're tough. Yeah. I don't like having pity for the final girl. I don't like feeling bad for them. Right. It works in a movie. They just don't become my favorites. Right. Like, so I like I like the, I like them tough. Yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. It's a smart idea. You want them tough. And I just called her Slim. It's Stretch. Stretch. I apologize. Yeah, stretch. I knew what you meant. Yeah. Um, and then Friday the 13th, of course. Yeah. Uh, Alice Hardy from the first one. Like, yeah. I don't... Cutting off Mrs. Voorhees' head. She was a tough... Well, I, she was tough, too. You know why that is, though? Because I, lo- I think she should be low on the list, but I think she should be on there. Well, I think what happens here is that because this is a fan-driven list, 
no one really so you're getting you're getting a recency bias right exactly and also too you're looking at this where you see that no one's looking back at those initial uh horror movie interest so if you look at too the female protagonist from hellraiser hellraiser one and two should be on this list Hmm. come on she was good but she wasn't she wasn't a dude. Badass. Hellraiser too. She was a fucking. She oh to, yeah, at the end of Hellraiser, she you're right. went to the depths of hell. You're right. At the end of Hellraiser two, she yeah. was. But the whole beginning of Hellraiser two, she's just like, I'm crazy and I'm in the hospital. Like, yeah. Uh, well, dude, she just went. She just faced the the sentry guards of hell in the first movie. So yeah, I think she's like. She's good. She's better than some of the people that made the list. Yeah, I think so. I'm looking at you, Maddie from Hush. <laughs> So what other what other additions or subtractions or edits do you want to make here? Maddie from Hush off the list. She it was dumb. There were so many plot holes in that movie. It was a dumb movie. It, her character suffered from bad writing for me. Yeah. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Laurie Strode. What I don't know what we're doing. Yeah. On the list, fine, but yeah. way lower. Not number one. That's definitely recency bias. Sydney Prescott, number one. I'm not against that. I yeah. would I would put her or Ellen Ripley at number one. Oh, you're really... Are you trying to... No, I'm dead serious. Me? No, Sydney Prescott's one of the best final girls uh, since the year 2000. And, I think, and also, too, in the new Scream, despite the fact it's getting, not getting as great ratings, I think she did a... Re- that was, she did awesome. Super meta. It's super... Me- People were I didn't like. Off. I didn't like the new characters. I thought oh, yeah. her... And it was actually maybe my favorite Gail Weathers yeah, for performance sure. out of the whole yeah. series. Very, I walk the desert for two years characters. Like, yeah. Like the, the line of... I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course, I have a gun. Like that. Like I yeah, love that. But shit. I mean, I, like you got to put Sally or Stretch on there from yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or both. Like Sally should be way up there. That's one of the original yeah. final girls. Like that, she was breaking the mold. Mm-hmm. And then Stretch just took it to the. I think Stretch is probably further down the list because it's kind of humorous. But she's also a badass. Like she outlasted all the dudes in that movie. Like she beat. That's she true. beat everybody. Yeah, she I, literally I was the that. final girl. Like they both. Made it. Sally Hardesty got there with cardio. Stretch got there with determination, and yep. jean shorts. And uh, yeah, yeah, so <laughs> cool stuff. Ma- make sure you reference jean shorts in that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and then my my other big problem, um, I don't think I well, I don't think uh, you don't need Heather Langenkamp on there twice. Nancy Thompson should be on there. Wes Craven's new nightmare was dog shit. That shouldn't be on the list. Yeah. Um, and I think um. Your girl from uh, your next should be way higher. I think she should be too. She's such a badass. Super she should badass. be in the top five. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So if you guys want to check out some of the great female final girls in, uh, what Ma- about you though? You didn't say any. Of your, what's your opinion on the list? I like the list to a degree. You like my list better. I like I like that you would say take Langenkamp off because I don't think she needs to be on there as herself. Is there anybody you would add that we haven't even talked about though? Yeah, I would definitely I like I said I would take the the female protagonist from Hellraiser and, oh, and put yeah, her on there for that. sure. And yeah, then, definitely in the top ten. Yeah. yeah. And then my biggest pull if it wouldn't have been on here is the the final girl from your next because I've never seen a female protagonist keep her skill set so quiet. Like like you can tell like her boyfriend doesn't know that she's that badass. Right. And she kills a bitch with a fucking blender. Yeah. Like, why can't you? You do that with male characters all the time. Yeah. For It should be done with female characters more often. This is a great example where it happened. Yeah. And that's why. It should be higher. I agree with you that it should be higher up. I do like the idea of Sidney Prescott and Ellen Ripley vying for the number one and number two spot. I think that's a smart idea. 
Uh, so I, I mean, I agree with you on a lot of this too. And I think the absence of Friday the 13th, there's a lot of final girls in Friday the 13th that could really crack the top there. But I think Alice Hardy needs yeah, to be Yeah, you up. go to the original. Like, you yeah. got a lot of weird stuff as you go through that series, yeah. as well as Friday the 13th, except for Dream Warriors. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's pretty solid. Knowing that it was crowd-voted and crowd-sourced, yeah. like, I get the recency bias. That was my biggest problem, was like, were some of the... Well, and it's also biased for me to say classics, because it's just 80s. There's yeah. definitely classic horror before that oh yeah I mean, um, you go back to the 20s and 30s if you really yeah. want to start finding yeah. initial heroines but um but yeah no i, I thought th- it was pretty solid i mean the new ones that most of the new ones that made it i think are yeah are good calls yeah so if you guys see any ones out there that we're missing right now and you want us to talk about them by all means send us an email to knwtb at gmail.com i apologize uh and then we can debate those out too but if you want to see a cool list of female heroines, uh, this is it, man. Uh, go to Ranker.com. You can check it out. And then just make sure you're checking out Friday the 13th Part 1. You're checking out the Hellraiser series Part 1 and 2. And uh, make sure you check out Your Next and Ready or Not. That, that Those yeah. are great Checking movies. out Ready or Not this week. Yeah. You're- not only that, but if you want to get even more recent with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Jessica Biel's character. I don't remember what the character name was. Great job. Jessica yeah. Biel did great stuff. And she's friends with uh, mm-hmm. your best friend, James Vanderbeck. So yeah. there you go. Happy birthday, James Vanderbeck. Motherfucker. Dawson's Creek was a staple of my childhood. <laughs> That's sad. So, Adam, before I start... Because you didn't have a father figure. I did, and James Vanderbeek was my father figure. My dad left to go get smokes and never came back. But you know who didn't leave me? <laughs> the Beak. <laughs> Made it real serious real early in this year. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. That's what happens when I have 10% beers. I get a little cutthroat. Yep. A little bit. Oh, this is going to be great then. Because I went online and I found questions from the internet. Sweet. (laughs) Some of them are going to generate some shit. Here we go. Adam, you finished mowing the lawn on a hot day. What drink are you grabbing? Can I do a a beer and a not beer? You can do whatever the hell you want. Nice. Uh, Oh, man. For a beer? Oh, for a beer? Easy. Grab it at Ham's. Mm -hmm. Or a Jenny Cremo. Okay. Um... And then, like, if I want a mixy drink, I don't know. You know what? I'll admit it. Maybe maybe, maybe I do a seltzer, but I probably do a margarita. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. What about you? Uh, I would say I want a sequench if I'm, oh, that's a good one. I'm done. And that's then good. if I'm going to get a mixy that's, mix. That's basically a margarita in a can. Absolutely. Yeah. If I'm going to get a mixy mix, what I'm going to do, uh, thank you. Shout out to friend of the podcast, um, Post Malone. I'm going to mix LaCroix with the vodka. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's not a bad call. Mixing the back with the Lee Croy, yeah. I mean, I've done it with like Jack Daniels oh, and yeah. Jim Beam and stuff too. Delicious. What about a drink that you wouldn't want to grab on a hot day? Uh, I'll do. I'll lead with a cocktail. I don't want a White Russian or a, <laughs> or a Bloody Mary. Um, oh my god! One time I baked a cake in the guy's driveway because I drank too many White Russians. <sighs> Just threw it up. It was everywhere, man. And then, uh, um, beer wise, like. Anything barrel aged, I if it's real hot, I don't want anything smoked. Mm-mm. I don't want a heavy stout. Yeah, I'm just basically anything that's the opposite of hams. I don't want that. Yeah, I'll yeah. take an IPA. I'll take a hoppy, but yeah. I don't want to. I don't want it to be thick. Yeah, get the lactose away from me. Like you know what I I instantly thought of when I saw this question. Anything like a smoothie. Yes. Could yeah. you imagine drinking uh, just yogurt like? <laughs> 
Activia. <laughs> Get Lori straight over here to clean this up. Make you poop in your pants. So, Adam. <laughs> poop, poop, stab, stab. <laughs> if your significant other wanted an item, but it was unaffordable, but someone else bought it for them, what would you do or say about it? You you can go first. I'm not. Oh, okay. Since I went first on the last one. Well, I'd like to believe that my significant other, shout out to my wife. She's a wonderful lady. She doesn't really need like unaffordable stuff because she's pretty sensible. Um, I think the most you know expensive thing she gets is probably makeup. I think that's like that's like her passion. She likes good makeup. If someone else bought it for her. I'd be like, hey man, like that's why are you doing that? Like that's first off, why do you know that? And you know, right, 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 yeah. But like I, I, I definitely would say something. I don't know what I would do, but I would just be like, "Hey, man, that's that's not cool," you know. Yeah, I mean, my wife is also very sensible, so I don't think it's anything I have to worry about. I yeah. mean, I don't make all the money in the world either, but like, I don't know, like, true, that would just like, I'd be like an axe to the heart. Yeah, you know, if it's something she really wanted and like mm-hmm. was just out of reach, and then somebody just swooped in and like it was no problem. Man, I don't know. I'm like. Like picking out the sharpest knife in the drawer at that point, or like looking at what beam I can hit huh? myself from. What? I mean, that's like game over type shit. That would really hurt me. That would take you. Are you okay? That would really hurt me. <laughs> like that would hurt you so bad that you would. You're finding there's too much shit on me. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, it would hurt. I'd feel like a piece of garbage. Have you talked to your therapist? I feel like a piece <laughs> of garbage. <laughs> I haven't played the I haven't played the look at the supporting beams in a while. <laughs> On to the next question. <laughs> it's a low ceiling down here. I'll be fine. What's the number one thing you need? Before Very low ceiling. My tip. I can tippy tap. It's it's a drop ceiling. You're not gonna hang yourself. <laughs> yeah. You can't even touch these fucking things without falling through. That's how I know you can contract for safety because you can't do shit with these things. <laughs> What's the number one thing you need before you I start have to recording? Look up how to do one of those your- belt stitches off the door. Oh, David Carradine's yeah, exactly. uh, instructional videos on YouTube now. I found a thing where he was doing a workout. And you're like, where's the belt come in? He did a workout <laughs> program with like a tube. And you just like move this twisty tube around. It's, oh, it's so you're, funny. You're it's basically like, a piece It's be, a piece of garden hose. <laughs> it's not long enough to do that, <laughs> though. So like your mind wants the other. And it's like, oh, he'll be all right. Yeah. He can't do it. <laughs> Man, we, this got really dark. You were right. This got dark. What's the number one thing you need before you start recording your podcast episode? What's like one us here? Yeah. What, what's something you uh, need? Coffee. Coffee for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wanna, and then beer. Yeah. I was going to say for, for me, it's I usually have a pregame beer before we start. And I like to make sure that like all the little things are set up like uh, the beer glasses and the beers we're going to feature that kind of stuff. So that's definitely something I want to get together and I need before we start recording. If we're doing it on a weekend, I need coffee bags. We usually record like 10 a.m. on a weekend because we're usually brewing beer right, too. Right, yeah. right. And then uh, <laughs> Adam, who or what do you blame for inflation? Because we're at 8.5% right now and there's lots of people pointing fingers all over the place. So who do you? Government. <laughs> I don't know. That's a weird question. I mean, the war is not helping. The pandemic didn't help. I don't know. There's a there's a there's a bunch of factors that all go against it not inflating. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just uh, if you want to boil it down, it's really just being able to get to natural resources or material at yeah. this point. Like mm-hmm. building materials hard to get shipped. Everything's hard to get shipped, and then mm-hmm. oil is a fucking wreck right now. Like yeah. it's just yeah, natural resource. Uh, yeah, it's all I can blame. 
You just got to look for the cost savings where you can find them. Yeah. I think it's a lot of um, people are taking advantage of the situation. It's very easy to say that one thing is the problem then to hang your hat on that. Right. Um, at a time where I think everyone should kind of have an idea of how to support each other, we've lost sight of that. You know, uh, I understand that the war over in the Ukraine, that's what it is. It's a fucking war. Let's not get it twisted. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a war bordering on just like a genocide. Yeah. It, it's it's pretty, disgu- pretty despicable. It's, gross, it's yeah. disgusting. Um, but I would say when people capitalize on it, it's like whenever the pandemic was happening. And I, as a guy who has kids, I can tell you that I almost lost my shit when people were hoarding all of the baby supplies. Do you know how hard it was for me to find a box of fucking diapers because people were going to the store and buying all and then selling it for a hundred percent markup. And, and I had a kid that required specialized formula. I got kids, man. I got kids, brah. That was the shit that really got me. And I think that's kind of what's happening here. People are kind of using this as a ploy to, you know, exploit necessity. You go out to the stores and you're like, hey, how do you know what my wife wanted? <laughs> I went to the mall. <laughs> So Adam with the silver ball, <laughs> place in the mall. How do you know what my wife wanted that I can't afford? What's that smell like? So what's on tap? Take that purse back. <laughs> what's on tap? And we are said where you can find us. But let's just reiterate where yeah, can yeah. you find us? Oh, I got to go back to the list again. I can do that. Uh, what's on tap? We got the the dark roots here. You can get at the dark root barbershop, as we said earlier, up in Allentown, PA here. Or Allentown, Pittsburgh here. And um, we have the new Hazy on with uh, Simcoe, Idaho 7, and Mosaic. So come try those out. And then we'll uh, once we get through some of these festivals, I'll be announcing beers that need to get out of here right away so we can get beers on for the next festivals. So keep an eye out for that. We'll be doing like a mass bottle delivery at some point soon. Yeah, I have a lot of interest in a couple of these beers already. Yeah, so that, yeah. that's a good thing too. So Because usually in competition or showcases, we end up with some beer at the end. Well, you'll be out pouring with us yeah. for at least uh, – I know doing, you're doing Bruise and Bruises. I'm doing, oh, I'm doing uh, the – well, let's go through. I mean, you say if you're doing them or not. Yeah. May 14th, best brunch ever at I'll Hop be there. Farm Brewing Warehouse. Matt will be there. I'll be there. Uh, June 4th, Bruise and Bruises at the Ross Ice Garden. I'll be there. Bill Vernon. July 16th, Brews and PA Homebrew Invitational. Nope. <laughs> it's fine. Your votes don't count anyway. Also at Hop Farm. Uh, Barrel and Flow Fest, August 13th. Yeah, I'm going to be there. At one. the Stack at Three yeah. Crossing. And then Bring Up a Cure on October 8th. Yeah, I'll be there for that one too. I'll be all, there for all of them except for one. Because the one is right around my kid's birthday and we go to North Carolina again around that time. The July 16th. Yep. That's fair enough. Yep. Fair enough. I'll be there. You're uh, excused. Thanks. Yeah, you're, I feel so much good. Yeah, I feel, I feel so much good about the schedule of these dates. <laughs> it is nice. Uh, we have to, we have to set that up as a separate clip so everybody knows what the origin. I know. Is it, I'll put it up there so you guys know what's going on. So if you want to, if going, we can, I don't remember what I said before that. I don't because I was quite out of it. Yeah, I'll have to go back and find the whole thing for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you know what's going on, I'm down here in the Brew Lab. It's at Bash underscore Bruin. All social media. It's Facebook and Instagram. Mm. He's also on Untapped. Can I plug one more thing? Real sure, quick? of course. So it's not. Imminating yet, yeah. but we are doing the uh, Peace Not War collab uh, that where everything's going to the Ukraine. Okay. Um, I think we're splitting it between uh, like either Red Cross Ukraine or something like that, and then the, the animal shelters in Ukraine. That oh, cool. Suffering. Yeah. So we're going to split everything 50-50, send it to two charities out in the Ukraine. Uh, it's, a, it's a collab with Hoot Design 
and first sip brew box that we promoted on the show a few weeks ago. The labels are coming in. We are brewing it next week. Nice. Um, so we'll, we'll start having bottles available then. Cool. It will also be making an appearance at Brews and Bruises and at the uh, Brews and PA Invitational. Nice. Good. So we'll have it there if you want to try it. Uh, from there, you can get some bottles. We're just going to brew it all summer when we have time. Yeah. Um, all the way to the fall and uh, try to always have a keg of it on tap That's and cool. have bottles available. We've got a cool label made up. Um, so, yeah. Support that. It's We'll have announcements out. That'll probably be ready. We're brewing it next week. It'll be ready in three and a half weeks. Cool. So yeah. that that's coming. We'll just keep talking about that too. Wonderful. Yeah. And again, that's at bash underscore brew on all social media. Follow them to make sure you're getting all these updates on all of these beer releases because it is Bash Brew Beer Fest 2022. It sure is. I'm stressed. We didn't come here to take part. <laughs> We came here to take over. Don't know who. Oh, shit. You do know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. And you might not know who I am either, but you'll find out. You're going to find out. You will find out. And if you want us going down here with the boys in the Judge Tour, and we are at DecayandWTB on all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We have an email address. It's DecayandWTB at gmail.com. We have a Redbubble where you can buy dad hats for $19.52. You can get all kinds of shit there. Covers for your phone, stickers, new shirts, new hoodies, baseball tees, anything you want. It's all there. You can also uh, check out all the times we drop new audio on Sundays and new videos on Mondays. And every once in a while, I'm going back to drop listener polls on Tuesdays. I'm not doing it very well. These no, you haven't been. I'm really sorry, but you know what? You get North Carolina, you got a couple beers in you. You forget about the I forget the about them. Polls, huh? Yeah. Uh, but... I want to make sure you guys know that we so we appreciate uh, every time you guys go on and subscribe, like, and rate us on anything, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, our YouTube channel. We have a goal to hit 100 subscribers by the end of 2022, and you can be a part of that. And, of course, if you want to have us talk about anything, just email us to kndwtb.gmail.com. So, we, we have one celebrity birthday. Yes. Decay with the boys celebrity birthday. Is that today? Mike Moore on Thursday. Yeah, twenty first before the next podcast. Oh, okay. So Mike Moore, Pittsburgh beer douche, was on our last yeah. episode. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, dude! I'll see you for some beers on Thursday. <laughs> Keep douching. <laughs> <laughs> Keep so, doing what you're douching. So happy hoppity Easter Sunday to all of you guys yes. listening to this. If you if you do, we understand you're gonna be with families. If you don't, but check us out on Monday then. Uh, so for wherever you guys are celebrating that with your families, until next time here in the Judgetorium. Cheers. Cheers. Find them eggs. Zombie Jesus coming for you. Zombie Jesus here, hide the eggs!